0: Go a speck further. Look at these people up here two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen volunteers. Volunteers. <laughs> and contrary to popular belief, they didn't just wake up this morning and come in here and do that. <laughs> They're gifted for sure. Gifted for sure, and then sharing the gifts out of a calling that must be fulfilled, that won't rest, a holy discontent, to give back from the fullness of those gifts, to share in this specific way, these specific, specific musical talents. So, thank you. thank you, and thank you, and thank you, and thank you, and thank you. And then, while we're at it, like I get to be in a different Unity Church, primarily Unity Church, every single week. So, I came here early today, and I cannot tell you that it's been one miracle after the other, after the other, since I drove up on your property. <laughs> one after the other. Of how beautiful it is, how well kept it is, how cared for it is. Look around, people. Look around. See so you see so you can see what I'm talking about, and how it's no little thing for you to have the care and the love, and the highest of consciousness, to take fiscal and physical responsibility for this sanctuary and these grounds and this place that we get to come throughout the week and particularly on Sunday to remember who we are, to remember what we are, and whose we are, and to renew ourselves spiritually, to care for ourselves spiritually, than to go out into the world and to live that out as a new way of being. So specifically, you must have had 40 or 50 people here at an eight o'clock service. Miracle, <laughs> miracle. And as I talk with the folks, they said, yeah, they've been doing this for four or five years. And this is their thing. And they love doing that. And that's, that's their service and that's their vibe and that's their place and their sanctuary. But the fact that that's still going sustainable, Nobody was running around all skitsy like, oh, where's everybody at? And what are we going to do? And you did you do this and did you do that? None of it. None of it. And just so you know, your senior minister wasn't here. <laughs> miracle. <laughs> miracle, miracle, miracle. And then this functioning staff and bookstore and administrator And youth department, and a hospitality team lead carrying food out of her car, three or four trips, and out of the car so we can feast today. And then a teenager wagging her tail, running up to me here early, miracle, (laughs) and saying, "Today's Nacho Sunday." Today, we're raising money to go do some event we want to go to. Today, we're using our own actions. We're using our own talents and skills and gifts to create what we need to, for our own spiritual care. So contribute extra today. <laughs> for whose sake? For my own sake, because it feels good. There's always room in my heart for a little more joy. There's always room in my heart for a little more joy. joy. So I'm the keeper of my joy. So if I'm lacking joy, this is a good news that I'm the keeper of that joy, even through challenges, even through obstacles, even through boogers. Anybody relate yeah. anybody here that's not had a booger or two? Well, I'd like to meet you cause we're going to plan your ascension. <laughs> of course we want to film it. So, so no, it's not minus some boogers. It's not minus some challenges and grief and loss and attachments and wishing and wanting and shoulding and needing and they didn't invite me. and I want them to apologize. So who's made a hostage out of me? Anybody waiting for somebody else to apologize? Let today be your day to unhook from that for your own sake. So love will build a bridge. Is it time? time. So look at somebody by you and say, you know, it is time. It actually is time. It actually is time. Now look back at the same person and say, It's my time. It's my time. No more waiting on this. So now they may take their grievances all the way to the grave. So whose business is that? Whose business is their grievances? Whose business? is the ones I'm holding. It's time. For my own sake, for my own soul's evolution, for my own freedom, for your liberation. And even if it's just that much, if 90% of your forgiveness work is done, Way to go. Miracle. One percent, ten percent, whatever's left is where one hundred percent of your pain is. It's time. If there's ever time, it's time. So then, remember last year when I was here? Some of you? Who's the holder? Who checks you into Hell Hotel when you check in? (laughs) So who's holding the key to check you out of Hell Hotel? I'm holding my own key. You hold your own key. If I could check you out of Hell Hotel, (laughs) you'd be out. I can only check this one out. But oh, the allure to check in. Do you see the way she looked at me and that tone. Nobody knows <laughs> the troubles I see. Oh, the allure. So lead me not into the error thinking of the mind, lead me not into that old, archaic, animalistic thinking, deliver me, deliver me into a higher state of consciousness, deliver me into innovation, into creation, into resourcefulness, into choice, the only species with occasional choice. (laughs) Why do I say occasional? You ever had something to happen to you and you feel like you didn't have any choice? Everybody? Did you pick what happened to you? Nope. We would have chose something else. So then where's our power of choice? How I relate to it. How I relate to this. How I relate to the boogers. How I relate To the flat tires of life, how I relate to the tones of voice, how I relate to their withholding apologies, how I relate to their grievances, how I relate to their pain. Then in that place lies all the power of the universe. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. Yeah, but I'm not letting them get by with that. Yeah, but I'm going to teach them a lesson. And then it gets funnier and funnier, particularly from us spiritual types. We'll call this part true confessions. You ever had the thought people should be kind? Kinder? Yeah. Reality or fantasy? (laughs) People should be kinder then. Is it a true statement or a myth? So are people always kind altogether? Let's have it like a choir. Like, no, 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 no. People are not always kind. Factual. Are you always kind? No. Altogether? No. no. So neither am I. Now, minus the shame about that, minus the guilt about that, to step into self-realization for that, like, no, I am, I am of everything that is. I am alpha and omega. And everything in between. So at times I'm kind and at times I'm not, not kind. I'm not able to even muster kindness. So just like others. So then we're somewhere in the spectrum. Vacillating up and down. Now get a sense then of what this one breakthrough thought could do for your life. To take down all the should it's on you should be kind should be nice should have thought of it shouldn't have done it should have done it should have known better so if all that should came down today get a sense of what that would feel like in your body to be free of the should to know that should is a false notion That all shoulds oppose reality. I don't have to like it. I sure don't have to love it. And I no longer have to be a hostage to it either. And herein lies a closer possibility for joy. And a closer possibility of peace. So then people are kind and they're unkind people will respect me and people will agree and where's the problem the here the little mind that came in and said let's draw us a big fat thick line right down the middle and say kindness is good and unkindness is And then believe it. Instead of let's get that line taken down. And back it up. And take a firm solid step onto reality. That sometimes they'll be kind and sometimes they won't. And sometimes they'll respect and sometimes they'll disrespect. And sometimes they'll invite me and sometimes they'll exclude me reality. Now, how would you be better off, and I'm not asking you to adopt this, this is for your own journey. Are you willing for me to take your hell from you? It's not a rhetorical question. Are you willing this morning to leave your hell here this morning? And to step into a way of being in the world that is less hellish, less hard. To step into a way of being that's just easier, easier. And it will be counterintuitive because of how long, over 2,000 recorded years, we've been running this myth, that we've been under the spell of this shoulds. And innocently adapted to that, took it on, without knowing that it was false. Until we've suffered just enough. Have you suffered just enough? To say, hey, there's one thing I can do, and that's to take these shoulds down and you've heard it every master teacher says it every course miracle says it 12 step says it don't on yourself should don't should on yourself then when you stop shooting on you you'll likely stop shooting on everyone else, all of us. So then this notion that love can build a bridge is not just a theory, but like action for us to take so that then as we value transformation, then we live transformed. As I value transformation, then I live a life that is a transformed life. Just what I say, if you go home and start to practice some of this, The people you live with won't recognize you. They'll think you're on a new medication. (laughs) Or you're meditating again. They'll be right. It's like, no, I've had a transformation of my mind. I've renewed my mind. And then through the renewal of my mind, I have a different life experience. So then regardless of what appears, regardless of what happens, I can relate differently. I'm going to be less under the spell of it than I've been prior to today. Traffic should flow. So You're already laughing. You're less less in hell now than than you came through the door. How many came through the door thinking and believing traffic should flow? (laughs) Yes. Fantasy or reality? Sometimes it flows and sometimes it doesn't. So who puts you in hell over that? So my resisting that is my suffering, not traffic, not the flow. My resisting, my opposing that is where I'm hooked. This is good news. Because there's two ways to be in stuck traffic calmer, more relaxed, meditating, or jacked up, irritated, and frustrated. Traffic doesn't mind. (laughs) So who holds your power? Tell somebody by you, hey, I hold my own power. I hold my power for this. I hold my power for this. Now, see if you can say this and believe it. Peace is the power. Peace is the power. So then I am not going to, and if I suddenly get the power to shift traffic, one day it'll just flow and you'll say, it's that creek woman. (laughs) Until then, back here at the ranch, traffic will flow and not flow according to its own evolution. Peace, however, is an option. So then my power and the life I'm creating for myself then is contingent on how I relate to this. Let's do one more. Children should listen to their parents. Now those that laughed are actually parents. Those that didn't laugh are like, well, yeah. And believe me, if they were my children, they'd be listening to me. This is from people who don't have any. They've not been around the mulberry bush on this. So children should listen to their parents: fantasy or reality. Fantasy. Altogether. Fantasy. Now let's make a little choir out of this: fantasy, fantasy, fantasy. So then, after today, when you have the thought, he should listen to me you may have an equal immediate response of fantasy, <laughs> fantasy. It's like, come out of your spell. Now, who would you be in that situation believing your children should listen? And they're not, and they don't. Who would you be in that situation if you simply weren't under the spell that they should listen? Listen. Who would you be in the same situation if you simply didn't believe the thought that was coming to you? Who would you be? Happier? Answer it out loud. More peaceful? More joyful? Calmer? So you may be a teacher for them instead. A teacher instead of a preacher. Preachers don't last long. (laughs) Don't tell them. Well, apparently they already know. Since we're on that topic, guess how long most ministers make it in the field? Guess it said out loud. In all denominations across the profession, less than five years. For a variety of reasons, including preaching, including expecting you to do what they're not doing, and then the fact that they're human and they're the last to know. We're human too. Have you noticed? You've got a human being here, too. Have you noticed that? she puts her pants on just like you, one leg at a time. That she's doing her own work. She's here fulfilling her own calling, a mighty one. She's in her own holy discontent. Can you come up, honey? <laughs> so, is she doing a good job mentoring you? Mentoring you? Has she tormented any of you? Ever tormented you? Yes. Yes. The choir and the staff are all applauding. Yes. Yes. And if she hasn't tormented you, it's not your turn. Yeah. Like, so if you hang around long enough, she will. Like she, she will not be able to fulfill your needs about her. She'll fulfill them this much. And then there's this. Then she'll fulfill the wanting this much. Then there'll be this. Then she'll fulfill this much should. Then there'll be this part. Where's the problem? Yes. Me putting on her what is not possible. Me holding unrealistic expectations. Because of the role or the profession or culture or history or things. That in our own innocence fails to see this is a sister. Another soul on its own journey. Sharing its journey with us. So thank you, Reverend Jude, for your calling. And for fulfilling it. And the very clear, intentional active, purposeful ways, resourceful ways that you do, honey, including, then on behalf of all of us and what you hear, here, we sincerely, sincerely appreciate it, honey, and for the movement, honey, for unity as a movement. She's also mentoring upcoming ministers and serving in the field to prepare them For what they cannot even comprehend. (laughs) And serving the region. And ministers in this region. And...